Hi everyone, welcome back for another blessful episode of Encouragement Daily's podcast show. I'm your host, Timothy Bell. Thanks for joining in this week for episode 209. This week's message is, The Word Became Flesh. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining in this week uh, to be received of another encouraging message from the words of God. I pray all things are going well with you today and that as we're winding up to complete another week that has passed by, that the previous days has been blessful for you. And as we move forth, that everything is coming in in alignment for that <clears throat> Which God has spoken over your life. Uh, brothers and sisters, as we continue on, we're, we're, we're very much into a new month here. Uh, we're <laughs> almost over this month, really. Um, and time is moving fast. Time is moving really fast right now. And if you've been paying attention, you, you, you notice how fast time has been moving. And in this new blessing of the year... We're already into the fourth month, and you know, and, and in about a week or so here, we're going to be into the fifth month. So time is moving by very fast. Now, my reason for emphasizing on that is that as this time moves by, according to that of our calendar years, we want to make sure that in our lives we're being very mindful and very efficient on using utilizing the time that we have at hand now <clears throat> basically the bottom line of what I'm really getting at as men and women of God we should be really truly focused on utilizing what God has given unto us what God has bestowed unto us and that would be our gifts Time is counting down. And as time is counting down, each and every moment and second that goes by, every hour, every day, every week, every month, and every year, as these increments of time go by, that you're not utilizing what God has bestowed upon you, draws you closer and closer to that judgment day draws you closer and closer to answering why you did not embrace your gift and carry out and complete the assignment that was bestowed unto you. Now, we take advantage of this and we say, you know, Oh, you know, we good. We know whatever. I'm not really I ain't I ain't trying to do that. I'm I'm not the one for that. You know, God need to find somebody else. You know, I'm not that person and da 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 da. I'm gonna tell you something. I, I, I kinda said the same things. Uh except for I didn't I I didn't say God need to find somebody else. But I simply was like, no, nah, I'm not, that's, that's not me. I'm not the type of person to be doing devotionals daily, you know, especially not daily. Daily? You know, like that, that, 
that that's that can add up. That's time consuming. That's 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 and I was trying to think of all kind of ways, you know, there was just my mind just was thinking of all things to say and to think of to keep from doing it. And, and that's what we do, my brothers and sisters. We procrastinate. We we start coming up with all kind of excuses, all kind of reasons why we can't do it or why it's not a good fit for us or I'm not that person or you know anything that to put it off and say oh you know yeah I, I, I maybe tomorrow I'll get started on that maybe this you know maybe that maybe that no you know I do I you just keep going on and on and on until soon eventually years have gone by and you're still procrastinating and you're wondering why certain things are going on in your life the way they're going on, going on. You wonder why things are taking place. You wonder why things are unfolding in the way that they're unfolding. You wonder. But you just can't put your hand on it. You say, man, I just can't figure it out. You just can't put your finger on it. <laughs> you just can't put your finger on it. My brothers and sisters, let me explain something to you. When you are called to do something for the kingdom of God answer the call you see Moses and you see how Moses hesitated to do that which God asked of him to do and when God said I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to release my people Moses was like, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, hold on now. Okay, you know, I, I reverence you, 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 you almighty, you, you magnificent, majestic, but you want me to do what? <laughs> like, okay, you going with me? What, what, what am I to take, you know, to show that, what, what, what can I say to him? What, what? You know, what kind of signs can I show, can I do, what kind of wonders? You know, are you going to be with me? Are you going, God said, no. You go to him, you tell him to release my people. And Moses still was like, you know, I, well, I don't, you know, God, you know, um, Ooh, your most humbleness forgive me for that of my hesitation and my disobedience at this moment but I, I don't know about that <laughs> you know he was very very reluctant because after all you know we, we, we're talking about Pharaoh the most feared ruler in the land you know we're talking about somebody that's got the authority to not just arrest you but arrest you and behead you and behead your family. And your family, family, family. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, can, You know, this is somebody that's got the authority and the power to wipe you completely out. Your name just completely wipe you out. You know, from the face of the earth. Um, and this possibly after they don't torture you, you know, and they're satisfied with torture you, then, you know, they kill you. So he, he very feared, very feared of that, you know. And, and he, But guess what? Although he may have been, you know, fearful of Pharaoh, although he may have his re his, his his reserves about doing it, and you know, and you know, and hesitating, he feared God the most. 
you reverence the Almighty the most. And he did it. He did it. May so out of reluctancy, you know, not wanting to, but he did it. He went to Pharaoh and asked. And what did God say? He said, take the staff of that which you have with you. You lay down the staff. You hold the staff up. Guess what God did? God blessed that staff. Moses didn't know it at the moment. But he blessed that staff. And he said, well, what am I to do? And you say, lay down your staff. <laughs> and I just, you know, turned to us. And he's like, I, I'm going to need more than that. You know, God's like, just, 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 just do it. Went to, went, went to the Pharaoh, went to the palace, went in. God is asking, requests that you let go of his people, to release them. And what by authority do you have authorization to ask this? What by what by what by what authority <laughs> do you come before me and ask this? You say by the authority of God. <laughs> you know, uh, and who's this God that you speak of? Where is he? Why do you come? You know, all this kind of stuff. Like it's just, and this is a thing that really, if you think about it, my brothers and sisters, really, truly, if you think about this, think about this. Think about this. Look at, let me get your attention. Listen to me now. Hear me now. Think about this one thing. When God sent Moses to go tell Pharaoh to release his people, God already knew what Pharaoh would do. <laughs> Y'all not hearing me now. God already knew what the response was going to be. God already knew the mindset. God already knew the attitude, the demeanor. God knew who all was going to be in the room, in the space, in the palace, in the courtyard, in the vineyard, or wherever. God knew that already. He knew their mindsets. He knew their thoughts. He knew everything. He knew what they was going to say, what was going to He knew it. And he told Moses... Now, think about this right now, because see, Jesus has referenced some things, too. You know, when he when he went to the grave of Lazarus, and what did he say? He said, Father, he said, I know what you can do. Now, I'm paraphrasing this. He said, I know what you can do. I know that you are the almighty God, the, the one and only God, my father. I know your power. But for that, these people that are here so that they may know. I call unto you because like, I ain't got to call for you. I have the power to raise and lay. I, but so that they <laughs> may know and witness. Okay. So in this case right here, what God was doing is he was letting, he was letting them see who he was. He knew what they was going to do. That's why he sent Moses and sent Moses in the way he sent them and told him to do what he told him to do because God knew. So now I say all that, my brothers and sisters, to say to you this. God knows your life. Your life is an open book unto him. And when he called upon you, he laid and bestowed upon you the gift that you have. That gift is to be used not for you. Oh, come on, somebody. Let's get this right here now. 
that gift is not so that you may be lifted and edified and be blessedly encouraged and motivated and you know refueled and and strengthened and knowledgeable and, and wisdom. No, that is for you to share, for you to be blessed unto others, and for the lifting of that of God's kingdom and for the furtherance of His kingdom. That is the purpose of that gift to be used for the assignment that He's given unto you, so that the kingdom of God may prosper. So in doing so, check this out now, check this out. In doing so, everything that is that of God's desire for your life shall come forth. It will manifest. But see, we sit and we think that, oh, I ain't got to do it. I got free will. I don't. Well, yeah, you got free will. You're right. You're right. You you right you 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 can you can choose to take the Simon not take the Simon. And what God say? I lay before you this day choice. He said a blessing and a curse. He said I, I he said what did he say? He said I beseech you to take the blessing. Come on now, somebody. So with the Ushering forth of that of the assignment, God is God is really wanting you to take the assignment. He's wanting you to take the assignment and embrace the assignment. He's wanting you to embrace the call and embrace upon your life. Because see, we all have an assignment to do for the kingdom of God. No matter how small or how large that assignment is, no matter how important or how minute that assignment is, it's an assignment for the kingdom of God. And if we do what we're supposed to do. Oh, blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And as I am trying to reveal to you now, my brothers and sisters, Moses was reluctant. Moses was reluctant because he's like, I'm just one man. I'm you know, I didn't go before Pharisees and know that what he you know, before the, the Pharaoh and know what he gonna do. Oh, oh, you coming with me? <laughs> Isn't that something that we ask my brothers and sisters? Like, look, man, you know, it's going to be a couple of them there, bro. You know, you're you going to come with me. You know, you're going to walk with me, man. You got my back. And so that's kind of like what Moses was saying to God. It's like, you you, you, you coming with me? You you going to be there with me? You know, if I call you, you, gonna, you got me? You got my back? You know, you what, what signs are I, what, what you going to, you know? What kind of signs, what kind of wonders are you going to do? You know, they're like, no, you got this. <laughs> can you, can you be, can you imagine yourself listening to that conversation? Can you imagine yourself being there listening to that conversation between God and Moses at that moment? And God, and, and, Moses, and Moses being very careful what he say now. But at the same time, like, but Father, but Lord, what should I? And God saying, Go. Say this. Do this. Because see, this is a thing. Hey, kill Basha, neither see. See, y'all ain't getting it yet. You ain't not, you're not getting it. So I'm going to say it again. God knew who was going to be there. What was the title of every person that was there? How many was going to be there? What their reactions going to be, what's on their minds, what their faces look like, what they were wearing, what they ate, where they're standing at, what they're going to say. 
You feel me? He knew this already. He knew this already. In all of this, my brothers and sisters, see, the knowledge of God is so powerful. God, God, ain't, God sees all. He sits high and looks low. God sees all and knows all. And God knew what was going to happen with, with Pharaoh. He knew what the response was going to be from Pharaoh when Moses said, God says, let my people go. And by what authority do you come here and ask me that? He said, by the authority of God. By the God of Abraham. The Jews said, oh, you Jewish, you, you, you gods. <laughs> he said, no, God. <laughs> There's no gods. There's one. God. But we all know how the story goes. We all know that. Pharaoh was very reluctant to do that. You know, he's like, hey, I'm Pharaoh, man. <laughs> you peasant, you gonna come before me talking about some let your people go and that God sends you to tell you to do man, get out of my face. You know, that's just how arrogant Pharaoh was. And so Moses, you know, he threw down his staff, he showed him power, you know. And of course, you know, Pharaoh is like, oh, the Apollo trick, you know, politics, you know, that, you know, anyone can do that. And he lifted his hand, snapped his fingers and his, what we would call, I guess by then, what we call what, wizard or, 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 uh, uh, the word escapes me right now, but kind of like, not really like a magician, but like whoever, you know, the person that wills the power and that wills the secret, that wills, you know, all this type of stuff, uh, comes out with carrying two staffs. It drops them down and both of them turn into snakes, just like Moses owned it. So, you know, they just, I mean, you know, everybody just thought, yeah, you know, Pharaoh, he's a man, he's a land, you know, he's he's a king, he's a god, he's a da 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 da, -da. he's got two serpents, and da da da, it's gonna eat Moses' serpent alive, and da 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 da. And guess what happened? We all know the story. The one serpent from that of the staff that Moses laid down turned around and did what? Ate both of the staff. Both of the serpents from the staffs that Pharaoh's wizard laid down. Now, y'all say, you know, some people see that and they hear about that. And they say, well, you know, that ain't really nothing. Um, that that ain't really nothing. That, that don't really, you know, uh, show no much on power or whatever. But at that time and day, you know, that time and age, that, that, that meant something. So, you know, this is when he picked up his staff and immediately the staff, you know, picked up the serpent and immediately the serpent turned back into his staff. And, you know, of course, you know, Pharaoh's like, yeah, whatever, you know, that ain't nothing, da 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 And Moses said, let go of my, let, you know, let our people go. 
and he's like, there would be more signs that would come that would, you know, just, you know, the power of God and blah, 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 you know, on and on. I'm, I'm paraphrasing people. I'm paraphrasing because y'all know, I mean, I really ain't got to sit here and go through the whole story. Y'all know, y'all done read that. Y'all very familiar with Moses. Um, but the point that I'm trying to make to you is that Moses was reluctant to do it. And the reason why Moses was reluctant is because he would have been going before the most feared man on earth at that time the pharaoh of egypt he know that he could be be beheaded at the blink of an eye he could have him arrested and be in jail for hundreds you know for years and not just arrest him but arrest his family family you know his kids kids can be you know all this kind of stuff people that knew him could be arrested and and and, and beheaded so he he knew and, and and he's like, whoa, you know, I, but what am I? To, what how, who am I? What am I going to? You know, and God told him, hey, just go. I'm with you, and you go and you tell him this. So, the whole reason me bringing up the story and bringing up the 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 the, the, the history of Moses is to really just to tell you that, and to get you to understand that. You may be reluctant to do what you know on your heart needs to be done, what you know God has laid upon your heart and is commanded of your spirit to do. You're reluctant to do for whatever reason. Whatever reason that might be. You might be scared. There might be something you fear. Uh, you know, you might think that you, you know, you can't do it. You know, what, for whatever reason, you know. You might say, oh, well, that's not for me. I don't want to do that type of assignment. You know, da, 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 da. For whatever reason. Now, Moses didn't have a choice in the matter. And I know a lot of say, well, you know, he had a choice. He didn't have to do it. <laughs> Some of you have made that choice to not do it. Without fully understanding the repercussions of making that choice. But I'm going to say this to you. We make choices daily. Not knowing the repercussions of those choices. At least we assume we don't know. And sometimes we assume that it's going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to be the other. You decide to not do that what has come forth before you. But yet you want to use your gift. And you want to use your gift for everything but what God has slated that gift to be used for. And it seems things going well. But then all of a sudden something starts happening. gift that was bestowed upon you to use you start having some problems or whenever you want to use it for whatever it is that's of that of your flesh you start having some problems you start experiencing some difficulties well guess what because you're using that gift out of turn you're using that gift out of what it was intended what it was bestowed unto you for
that's like taking a key that goes to one vehicle or one lock specifically and although it may fit into the keyhole of another unit or vehicle or item it will not properly fit in order to unlock the chambers in order to in order to move the tumblers inside so that it unlocks your gift is kind of somewhat the same way your gift is meant to be used specifically for that of your assignment it is how you operate flow and complete your assignment and you have authority because there's power in that of your gift and you are the one that has authority over that power and you assert that power that which will allow you to be able to do that of your assignment and complete your assignment but when you try to take hold of that of that 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 gift and use it for something other than what it is intended to be used for along with you're going to face problems and we sit and we don't want to utilize that gift because we say oh well you know we might be ashamed of our gift. We might think, why couldn't I have this? Or why couldn't my gift be that? And, you know, we sit and we see people singing and they have just such wonderful, blessed voices. It's like they don't even have to try hard. They just barely open their mouth and they're singing, Oh, I'll forever be the Lord and God. And just got wonderful blessings. Vocals are just so crisp and clear. And it, it just, you know... It, Whatever they say sounds good, you know. It and, and you're like, man, sing like that. And you you go and you want to sing when you're not supposed to be a singer. God God bless you to play the piano, or God bless you to be an usher, or God bless you to be a person that's a caretaker of the church. But you don't like that. You oh, I want to sing. I want to sing. I can sing. So you're walking all out of that of your gift. And you won't utilize your gift because you are shaming your gift because you say, no, that ain't what I want my gift to be. I was hoping that I would be this. I was hoping that my gift will bless me to do that and do this and do that. But you have no clue <laughs> the importance of your gift. Because you didn't take the time to find out. You didn't take the time to embrace your gift, to get to know about your gift. Assert your gift and see the blessings, the many blessings that are bestowed unto you for the embracing of your gift and the utilizing of your gift in that of obedience. So you say, Brother Tim, what does all this got to do, man? You know, you're talking about gifts and, you know, you're talking about, you know, Pharaoh and Moses and all that. What, what? The bottom line is this, my brothers and sisters. God is calling upon you just as he called upon Moses. God is telling you what your assignment is, just like he told Moses. God is saying, I want you to do this, go do that, go here, da 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 just like he did with Moses. God is giving you authority, just like he did Moses. Now, when God tells you to do something, in that of what he has given you. There's all intention. For that something to be blissful. And prosperous. To be. 
in that of our manifestation state. In other words, meaning that it's going to manifest. You just got to do what you were told to do. But see, first of all, we don't even want to embrace it. We don't even want to embrace the gift. And, and, and usually I believe the number one reason being is because we're afraid. Or we just don't want to do it. Or I don't really want to. Because we're afraid what our gift might be. We're afraid that we may have the gift of, of evangelism. Or we're afraid that we may have the gift to be a pastor or a preacher or... Or, you know, you might be a deacon and, you know, our gift might be to, you know, to do this and do that for the church. And we, we're afraid because we're like, no, not me. I I'm, I don't stand in front of nobody. and uh, You know, I had people looking at me, thought for sure I was going to follow in my dad's footsteps and be a, and be a, and be a, 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 a preacher, be a reverend. My dad was a reverend. Which back in the day was just basically an equal, well it wasn't equal, but it was that which was just under a, 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 a pastor or what we call back in the day a preacher. Um, back in the day we called him a reverend. You know, he was just, just that up under. So let me explain something to y'all. For those who think that my gift is not that important. You know, you're a little ashamed of your gift because you say, oh, I, my gift is this, but, you know, I look at so-and-so and they they doing that, they doing it. And you're a little bit ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Because, see, Jesus has taught us that even the, even, even, even the lowest would be great. And the greatest would be lows. So, just because you think you're great, that doesn't make you really great. Because humbleness is what makes a person great. Obedience is what makes a person great. You walk around with proudness, you know, God don't like, you know, he don't like the boastful and he doesn't like the proud. And you humble yourself with meekness. You accept. Because see, this is the thing in the body of Christ, everyone is important. Because one is not existing and doing what is needed without the other. The nose cannot do what the eyes do, and the eyes cannot do what the nose do, and the ear can't do what the, what the mouth does, and the mouth cannot do what the ear does. They are in need of one another. The Word of God explains this to us. So, even if your gift is, like I said, to be the caretaker of the church, in other words, meaning that you're the one who makes sure the restrooms get done. You don't want to make sure supplies get ordered. You don't want to make sure that if there's anything that's needing to be done concerning the church, you get it done. 
you know, this this part of the building need to be fixed on, and you need to call a serviceman in for that. The bathrooms need to be worked on. You know, you're the janitor. You go in and you clean the bathrooms. You 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 do this. You do that. You don't want in charge of that. Custodial, or janitor, or caretaker, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to, whatever title you want to put on it. And some people look at that as being a shameful position. They look at it as being a low position. But you you have no idea how many people, as they say, would say that are at your mercy. Because if they need to go to the bathrooms, but the bathrooms are out of order, what does that do for them? That puts them in a position that they got to really go. And you, your your bathroom, you know, your your building's bathroom is the only bathroom that's in, 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 you know, within distance or, you know, and they need to go. So my brothers and sisters, this is little things. And, 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 and there are some people who don't care about the bathrooms, you know, what they look like. There's people going and mess up bathrooms. But there's people who go in and they're very particular, you know, they take care of the bathroom, it's clean, or they, they, you know, they're going to try to leave it in a clean state. And, you know, if they're good people, they see it, you know, looking a little kind of, you know, paper on the floor. Some people will actually pick the paper up and put it in the trash can. I just happen to be one of those type of people. You know, if I walk into a stall, stall and I need to use the bathroom, it's just tissue all over the floor. I, I'm, I'm going to pick it up. Put it in the trash if it's a trash can inside the stall. If not, then it's going to go in the toilet and flush it down if it's a bunch of tissue, you know. But now if it's a lot of tissue and you just can't flush it like that, then, yeah, I may not, you know. I mean, I'm going to make sure that I take my health into consideration, my well-being into consideration. So if I think by picking it up I could get, I could be jeopardizing my health in any kind of way, then, yeah, I'm not, you know, I have to be mindful in that way. But, I mean, some tissue laying on the floor that somebody just pulled off the roll and just dropped it there just for the sake of just doing it. Nah, that ain't going to hurt nobody. You can pick it up, put it in the toilet, let it flush on down. But my brothers and sisters, the reason I'm, I'm going through all this and I, you know, just say probably, you know, oh, he's just rambling right now. I'm really trying to get you to understand the importance of embracing what God has bestowed upon you your gift because he is that gift that will help you to complete your assignment and everybody has an assignment a lot of people think they don't have an assignment but everybody has an assignment and guess what you will know what your assignment truly is when you know what your gift is (laughs) Now, I'm a person, I love music. I love working with electronics and, you know, and and working with stereo equipment. I love it. I grew up doing that. You know, I grew up with a stereo, man. And, you know, (laughs) my dad used to always be like, you know, you tearing stuff up. You know, what you tearing up today, you know. And I would take stuff apart just for the purpose of figuring out how it worked and put it back together and say okay well this go here I remember that went there and you know and 
little did I know, but that was helping me to develop a memory. It was helping me to be able to have a strong memory to where I could look at something, take something apart, and put it back exactly the way it was. And it was helping me with my mechanical skills. You know, and at that time, I didn't know what mechanical, I, I didn't know what being mechanically inclined meant. You know, I didn't know being what it meant to be good with your hands, and I, I didn't understand all that back then. You know, you just say, oh, yeah, I can work some things with my hand, you know, but God gives you a gift, and then he bestows many talents unto you. And we must find out what, you know, we must be able to separate the talents from the gifts. Understand? Because we are gifted, but we have multiple talents. Amen? And if you pay attention, your gift will stand out the most upon that of your talents. It will stand out the most. You say, oh, how do I know what my gift is? You know, I can do a lot of things. You know, I'm good at cooking. I know how to do landscaping really well. And, you know, oh, man, I can play basketball good. You know, you you talented. You're very talented. But you don't know what your gift is. You don't know what the true one thing that God has bestowed unto you to use for the furtherance of his kingdom. And it's something that I used to tell people. I remember in my times. Um, I would tell people, I would say, well, you know. When it comes to your gift, I would tell them, I said, you know, you want to start a business. Like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about going into business. I said, what you going to go into business with? Um, there's a lot of things I was thinking about. I said, well, think about this. Go into business doing something that you know you like doing. I said, your gift is something that you take pleasure in doing. You take pleasure in doing it. You know, it's like you do it without even thinking about it. It's like second nature to you. And and you you you're doing it you do it a lot of times and you're not even realizing that you're doing it sometimes. And I thought at one time that my gift was music, you know, you know, learning about music and you know stereos and putting stereos together and you know and learning how it sound and being able to you know, to adjust the stereos and settings and everything to where you got a nice, good sound music out of it and everything like that. You know, everybody has their different evaluation of music. Everybody can evaluate music differently. You have musicians that can hear music real well so they're able to play the instruments that they are learned to play. And they can be able to say, okay, yeah, that sounds like a... You know, C note that sound like you know that sounds like a low C, you know, and all like that. They be able to can, they kind of tell, and then they sit there and play it on the piano, or they sit there and play it on the drums, or they sit there and play it with a guitar because they listen, and they can be able to hear the different notes and everything, and they'll know what the notes are, and they'll know how to play it. So that's their variation of understanding music, and they can listen and and from their perspective of a tuned ear and knowledge and experience they can say well no that don't sound right I don't hear this I don't hear that and so they may come to you you being the engineer of the music 
that has control over, you know, how much volume, how much bass, how much tremolo, how mid session, mid, all that stuff. And they'll come and say, oh, can you give me a little bit more mids? Or can you take out the mids? Or can you give me some tremolo? Can you take out the tremolo? Or give me a little bit more bass. You know, oh, that's too much bass. Can you take, you know, that type of thing. Or give me some volume. Okay, bring the volume down over here and things like that. And, and you, you're listening to it. Now, this is what I understood. This is what I began to understand. As 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 a sound tech, you hear and understand and evaluate music different from that than a musician, because you evaluate it from a standpoint of how it sounds to you. That as other people are listening to it, if it sounds clear. Everything's good, it's not distorted and everything, it's not overly whambling, it's not too loud, then okay, cool. But see a musician, they're listening for okay, the, the you know, they want to hear the tremolo, they want to hear the bang, they want they want to hear the mid section, they want to hear you know, all these things like that. They want to be able to hear the vocals real good and all that stuff like that because they're analyzing on how to play the notes. So what you have to do is you two have to come together and you have to cooperate being the key word cooperate and be able to to communicate with one another and say okay yeah bro you have to be able to speak the musician has to be able to speak your language of music your music language and then you have to be able to understand his or her music language although music is the same thing sound is sound some people say oh no sound is sound no sound is not just sound and music is not just music Everybody perceives it differently. And according to what they do in that of music. Okay. Now, a sound tech will get to know a musician really well. And they know what that person is needing. And what that person is asking for. You know. They give them a signal. They say, okay, I know that person want me to bring down the tremble. They give them a signal. And they put their hand down low. And they do, do the up sound. They're saying, hey, I, they want me to bring up the lows. Okay. You know, they reach up and they do like that and say, they want you to bring down the highs. You know, if it's, you know, they may give you a sound one for one for tremble or one for one for bass or one for sound or what. You know, everybody has their own little hand signals and everybody. And you have to understand it and work together. That's the gift of different things. But my brothers and sisters, it's all about just getting you to know your gift and what your talents. Not everybody is gifted in that of music. It might be a talent for you to play something, but that don't mean that's your gift. Okay? Same thing with being a sound tech. That might just be a talent. You know, you might just like music. And so that's the reason why you do it. That's the reason why you got involved in the church and uh, sound ministries because you like music. And you like working with electronics and stuff like that. You know, you know, different stereotype, you know, electronics and, and, and equipment. And so that's why you get involved. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that is your gift. Okay, but you have to be able to understand what a gift is and that which has been bestowed upon you, because it's going to be the one thing that's truly going to stand out. Hear me what I'm saying. It's going to be the one thing that's truly going to stand out. And I've said all this to really, truly to get you to humble yourself and move in that of meekness and accept your gift that has been bestowed unto you by that of God, our Heavenly Father, and to be obedient to that of his calling. And answer and embrace your gift so that you can begin to learn and study and develop in that of your gift. 
so that you can begin to use your gift for that of the kingdom of God. And as you begin to assert yourself in that of your gift, you will learn the strength of your gift. And then you will see the authority, the power that you have in that, in that gift. And then you know the authority over it to be able to will it as you need it. Now all that does not come without some, some difficulties. It does not come without some challenges. It does not come without some, 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 some hard times. Let's just put that away. There's going to be some ups. There's going to be some downs. There's going to be some challenges. But you stand strong. You stand unwavering in your faith. And you do everything you can to keep yourself and that which is of your gift before God. And, and, and so that you're flowing in it. You keep it all about God. Now, it's not about you. Because, see, some people, you know, musicians and worshipers, they, they, they go all off track and they do this and they do that. And it becomes not so much about worshiping and praising God and and ministering to people to becoming more of what can I get it from it? What can I make from it? What can I, you know, what, how can I prosper from it? And I think in that case, we got to be really careful what we're doing because we don't want to utilize our gifts in a way to where we're having that mindset of thinking, how can I prosper from it? Because your gift is not really so much for you to prosper from it as it is from those that you are ministering to, those that you will touch along your life's journey for them to be able to prosper from it you understand because see god's he's, he's got you he's gonna take care of you okay he's gonna take care of you so there's really no need for you to sit back and say okay how can i how, how, how can i you know prosper from this you know i'm gonna I'm go over here and saying and it you know you start doing things that are not really meant for you to do with your gift and you know you want to get into trouble But my brothers and sisters, we, 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 we right now we're talking about really doing what is needed to be done for the kingdom of God that has been bestowed upon us. And I bring all this up because this message that right now that I'm about to get ready to get into, uh, it speaks of the word and how the word became flesh. And... Our Lord and Savior came forth to do that which he was called upon doing. He said, make me a body, I'll go. So Jesus was willing to go upon this assignment. He's willing to, to, to come in. And he knew it wasn't going to be no complete joy ride. He knew that, yeah, while there was going to be some ups and, you know, he's going to be among some really blessed people and some really uh, uh, loyal and servants unto that of the kingdom. And he knew it. You know, and he also knew that, you know, out of the 12, one, one out of the 12 that he was going to have uh, uh, that was following him and, 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 and that were his disciples, he knew that one of them was going to stab him in the back. He knew that. But yet still, he said, prepare me a body, I'll go. He knew that the day was going to come where he's going to be tortured and put to shame and ridiculed, but he still said, prepare me a body, I'll go. He knew the day was going to come where he was going to have lay on a cross and have his have nails bound into his hand and 
hammered into his feet and hung up in the hot blistering sun with a crown of thorns upon his head. But still he said, Father, prepare me a body. I'll go. He knew that as he hung there that one of the soldiers was going to come up and stab him in the side. As if hanging from a cross with nails in your hands and your feet wasn't enough after being beaten and tortured and having your skin and flesh pull off your back. Wasn't enough then have someone come up and stab you in the side. But still, he said, Father, prepare me a body. I'll go. So my brothers and sisters, I'm saying all this and I've said all that. And some of you will say, oh, you know, he's just going on and on and on. And he, he just, he, he just talking, he just rambling. But let me, let me, let me clue you in on something. I'm trying to get you to understand the importance of accepting and embracing the gift that God has bestowed upon you. Because it is truly an honor to have a gift bestowed upon you by that of the one and only living God. The sovereign God. And we can take from the life of Jesus because he had an assignment. And his ability to do the things that he did, that was his power. And we have power and we have authority over that power. And in that power, you know, that power is asserted through that of gifts. And whether that gift is our ability to sing really well to the point where it ministers unto people when they listen or to speak God's word and at the time that we're speaking God's words, we're able to speak it in a way to where people really truly get it. We're able to bring forth God's word in a way to where they can perceive and receive and, and, and the word of God can truly walk out in their lives as it needed. And they're able to see what they need to see and be able to do what it is that they need to do. To walk and have a prosperous life. It may be a certain way that you, you, you know how to build something. Or it may be a certain way that you know how to perform a service or, or bring forth a product. And in the process of doing that and catching people's attention through that, you're able to minister to them. You're able to speak the word of God. Blessfulness of the knowledge of God unto them. We all, my brothers and sisters, have a gift. And that gift is asserted to help us to do and complete our assignments. Because we all have an assignment. And those who are listening, you have an assignment. And if you haven't already begun to embrace and walk in that assignment and develop yourself in that assignment... So that you can assert yourself in a way that is needed to be asserted. Then I ask of you. I beseech you at this moment right now. If you don't already know what it is. To search for it. To ask. The word tells us that if we ask. Then it shall be granted unto us. If we seek. We shall find. If we knock. Then the door shall be open unto us. So if you're in the dark on it. Ask. It shall be revealed unto you. Seek it and you shall find it. 
If you knock the door, you know, knock on the door to open up the knowledge of, you know, of that of God, it's going to be given unto you. It's going to be open and you're going to receive it. But whatever you do, my brother and my sister, move forward. Step forward. Take advantage. Step out there. That you can begin to learn, embrace, and assert in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the blessedness of this day granted unto us. I thank you, O Father God, for the blessedness of the days leading up into now. Regardless of how those days may have turned out and what may transpire or unfolded in those days and what has already unfolded now and what is still yet to present itself unto us. We're thankful, Father God, to be able to witness those days and today, having life in our bodies and the ability to move about and to be strong and in health. I thank you. I thank you, Father God, for the, the ability to, to assert myself in that of the gift. I thank you for the gift. And the blessedness of that, of the power to use and the authority of which to yield forth. In that a gift. And as I assert myself in it, it is helping me to do my assignment. That I may complete my assignment. Oh, Heavenly Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters to be in the same mindset. Seeking, desiring, having the will to embrace what you have bestowed upon them. So that they too may operate in their gifts. That they too may be pleasing and upright before you in that area of their lives. So when that day come, that they can truly hear you say, well done, my daughter. Well done, my son. Heavenly Father, you already know our journey. You know the ins and outs, the ups and the downs. You know the joyfulness and you know the sadness. You know that which is going to be hovered over us, whether it be a curse or whether it be a blessing. You know the sufferings that we will endure. You, you know the oppression that will be brought forth upon us. And you know the joyfulness that will be resented. Oh, Heavenly Father. How blissful and how magnificent are thee. Joyous is that of the sound of your name. Magnificent is that of the feeling of being in your presence. So I pray, I pray and I speak that my brothers and sisters are receiveth of you. And that all that is bestowed is used adequately for the servant of your kingdom. As they Receive and embrace and insert in Jesus' name. Amen. The Word became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. 
He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and through the world. And although the world was not, <clears throat> although the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. Who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son who is himself God and is the closest relationship and is in close relationship with the Father has made him known. My brothers and sisters, we are we're in a moment right now to where we're starting to have a remembrance of the journey of Christ. We're starting to, you know, we're starting at the, we're starting at the beginning point. We're starting at, 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 at the starting point. We're starting right where everything began to come forth. Everything began to unfold and, and move forth into that which was of his life, that of his ministerial walk. And we go back from time to time and we talk on this and we touch on that and we look at this and we reference that. But my brothers and sisters, let us reference the assignment. Let us go back and really truly look at this part right here. Where it says that in the beginning, the word, the word, you get what I'm saying? And, 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 and how the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning through him all things were made and without him nothing was made that has been made you see even then the word is speaking of how something that Christ would say later that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Even now, even back then, the word was talking about how Christ is in, 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 in the Father and the Father is in Christ. Because right there it says, and the word was God. That's simply just saying that he was in God. He was in the Father and the Father was in him. It receiveth of his assignment. 
knowing everything that was going to happen to that of his fleshly body. But he over, he, he accepted that and overlooked it that and his focus was on the joyfulness that he would obtain. And knowing not just the joyfulness that he would obtain, but the joyfulness that would be bestowed upon us. And that joyfulness is being able to be back before God in that of a sanctified setting, a sanctified setting, a sanctified mindset, and a sanctified gloriousness of that in our, and not just in, in spiritualness, but in, in flesh. And to be able to be upright before God once again, to make a complete 360 turnaround. To become sanctified once again before God. See that was a joy that he knew was going to be bestowed upon us. Jesus wasn't just looking at the joy that was going to be bestowed upon him. Because see the joy unto him was being pleasing unto the Father. The joy unto him was to be able to sit at the right hand of the Father. The joy unto him to be able to sit and be over the kingdom. The joy unto him to have the earth under his foot and his enemies. To have the earth there as his, over his, you know, under his command. And then also to have his enemies under his foot. That's a joy. Defeating death. But the true joy unto him. I, I'm, I'm going to go that step and say that the true joy unto Jesus really was. The joyfulness that he was bringing unto us. <laughs> Y'all come on now. Get it what I'm saying now. I do believe that the true joyfulness. That Jesus experienced. And the true joyfulness that Jesus had. Was not just the time that he spent. Here among us. But the fact of knowing. That in that what he's doing concerning his assignment. Not only is he cleansing us of sin. But he's bringing us 360 degrees. Right back before the father. In that of a sanctified state. Knowing the joyfulness that we were going to experience. Not just because of the cleansedness of that we are going to be going through. But also because of everything that was going to follow behind that. That we were going to experience. Yes, there was some times, you know, you know, he he knew some things that was going to happen that that was, you know, heavy upon his heart. But he also knew the joyfulness, my brothers and sisters. You get what I'm saying? And the most joyfulness of it all that he understood was going to be that was bestowed unto us because of what he did was everlasting life, eternal life, salvation. <laughs> so. Why he was happy and joyful of what he done, I, I, I believe that he made reference to it, even though he didn't go into it. I believe that him, in some way, made reference to uh, him being able to, or, or being, you know, uh, sitting on the right hand of the Father. He's like, look, this death thing ain't no thing to me because I have the authority to lay down my life and I have the authority to pick up my life. Nobody grants that authority to me. He said, I have that authority within myself. So it's like, I'm not, you know, all this right here that's going on and all this right here that I do, I do because that is the plan, that is the will of the Father. That I lay down my life. <laughs> I got man, look, I got I have I have 
I have the authority to lay down my life and I have the authority to pick it up again whenever I please. That's simply just like saying, hey, I'm the one who lay me down to sleep and I am the one who wakes me. <laughs> Y'all give, come on, man, let's get this right now. Let's get this today, please. Let's get this today. Let's get this today. You see, and, 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 <clears throat> that's why I say what I'm trying to get you to, oh, thank you. What I'm trying to get you to understand and what I'm trying to get you to receive so that you could go ahead and, 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 and receive and embracing that of your gift and begin to grow and develop and assert yourselves in that of your gift so that those that are going to be receiving, those that are going to be affected, I hate to say affected, but those that are going to be blessed by that what you do of that of your assignment, they will be blessed. You see, because see, your assignment is not for you. You know, the joyfulness and all those things, not for you to sit and say, oh man, I can do this. Ooh, let me see. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to do this. Ooh, 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 ooh. Just like no, no, no more than is my voice for just me to listen to. But no, for my voice to go out and the word of that which come from my voice to be heard by others. So that they can be received of that of the knowledge of God. So they are encouraged. Motivated. Continuously. And refueled. By, through that of the strength of thy Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. As well as instilled with the knowledgeable wisdom of God. We all need to be encouraged, my brothers and sisters. And we all need motivation. We all need that little push every now and then. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you. All but so gently, I'm pushing you. To accept what God has bestowed upon you. The blessed gift from that of his kingdom. Receive it. Learn about it. Embrace it in it. Grow in it and insert yourself through it as he has desired you to do so, as it is written of your life. Because see, Jesus is like Jesus, Jesus knew. Oh my God, the joyness. And the reason why I can do what I do is because I know the joyfulness that shall be bestowed upon me in the end. So he looked not at the moment, but he looked for that which was coming. So take your eyes off of the right, the here and now. Take your eyes off of, oh, I'm going to look like a fool or people not, what, what people going to say about me. No, and put your eyes on the glory. Put your eyes on the glory. Put your eyes on the glory. Mm, that shall be bestowed unto you at the finishing of your assignment. Put your eyes on the glory. Amen. Because see, Jesus knew what he had to go through. 
He knew by accepting that assignment, he knew what he was going to undergo. But he also knew the glory <laughs> that would be bestowed unto him. And not just that, he knew the joy that you would receive. He knew the glory of that of your ending. The blessfulness of that of eternal life. And I do believe, and now this is me now. You can I know there's gonna be a lot of people say, oh, you know what now, Jesus didn't show no sign that he was joyful for us to be received of But I believe. I believe that initially Jesus said, Father, prepare a body for me, I shall go. Because he has such care and compassion for us. To the point to where he does not stand to see us suffer. And so he knew the joyfulness that would be bestowed unto us. From the outcome of that which he would do in that of his assignment. And that's the reason why he was willing to do what he did. Yeah, and you know, some can say, oh, yo, you know, yeah, he, he, you know, the outcome of him was going to be, you know, Joseph sitting in the right hand of the Father and having his enemies under, you know, being his footstool and being, you know, and having authority over the earth and under the earth and in heaven. You know, y'all go on and on and on and on. But I believe truthfully. That he looked at his people and said, you know, not only are cleansing them of their sin, but I can put them to where they will be receiveth of eternal life, glory in the kingdom of God. Come on, people. So I believe, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, he, 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 he knew what he was, he was going to be facing and he knew what his, his outcome was and he knew what was waiting for him on the other end. So more than a reason to do it, but I believe also that he did it because his caring and compassion for us. And he wanted us to be receiveth of the same glory of which he himself will experience come on y'all mm. pause the money so y'all can get that I'm gonna let that sink in for just a minute just 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 let it sink in for a minute mm. yeah Yes, yes. Just meditate on that for a minute. Meditate, 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 meditate. The other Roshi Babasana. Yeah, yeah. There you go, my brother. There you go, my sister. Yeah, just meditate on it for a minute. Just meditate on it for a minute. Let that simmer. Just let it simmer for a minute in your spirit. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, Marco Sharanasi, they all Because, see, you see, I believe that Jesus was joyful, not just because of what he knew that he was going to receive in that of the glory, but also of that what you, the people, the children of God, was going to receive. <laughs> the glory that was going to be bestowed unto you. 
and I believe that his compassion, his caring, and his 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 humility for us was so strong, so piercing unto his heart that even if he didn't receive anything, him himself, that he would have did. Because see, he had the power, as he said himself, to lay down his life and to pick it back up again. Because mm, it was no concern of him. He wasn't worried about being tortured. He wasn't worried about dying. When he, laid, when he kneeled down on his knees and blocked down on his face before God and said, Take this cup from me. But if it be thy will, let thy will be done. That was the flesh talking, people. Oh, yeah, come on, y'all. Come on, somebody. Let's get this right now. Let's get this. Let's get this. You're sitting there and you won't embrace your inside. You say, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do this. Seem to be going well. You seem to be prospering in it. For the moment. But you still have kicked to the curb that what God has laid upon your heart and has been commanding of you to do. He's been calling unto you. You've had visions. You People have spoken and, 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 and read into your life. And you have people prophesize to you. And you listen and you, you take it in and you, you stand there, you're crying and you're weeping and you're, and you're mourning. And, but then you turn right around and you keep on walking in rejection. You keep on walking in dysfunction. You keep on walking in disobedience. All the while, living in that village, in that town, in that city of stagnation. Because you're not taking unto yourself what God has bestowed. You're being ungrateful. Oh my Lord. It says here, it says the word became flesh. The word became flesh. Now, why did he become flesh? He became flesh so that he could come and save us and free us from the slavery of sin. But he know that in the process of freeing us from the slavery of sin, and see, some of y'all don't, y'all, y'all, you know, you hear that been t been taught, been teached to you, and it stops right there. Oh, he came and he he died on the cross for our sins, and, and it stops right there. But you don't understand the fullness of God's plan. It wasn't just about Christ to come down and die on the cross and be raised and risen again. There was more to it than that. Oh my God. Oh, we're free. We're free. Free. He paid for our sins. And, and you thought that was it. Go and sin no more. You say, okay, that's it. But no, there's eternal life. There's glory to be had. Oh, Mm. Thank you, Father God. Why did Jesus talk about that? 
He talked about that. He talked about, you know, where you going to go, where you ain't going to go. He talked about that. But see, we, we got so caught up on the fact that, oh, you know, we were freed of our sins, you know. We no more longer, you know, bowed down by the slavery of sin. And then we, we, we ain't thinking about the eternal glory. We ain't thinking about the salvation. We ain't thinking about eternal life. But y'all gonna get it. Y'all gonna get it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, it says here, says, we go back and it says, He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The flesh became, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Now, get this or not, don't, don't get distracted. Don't get distracted by all those other things, but let let, let let me read this part right here. Let me read this part right here again. It says, it says here, it says, uh, yet to all who did not receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, once again, let's go back and remember, because I want you to hear it. I want to make sure I'm reading this the way you can, you're getting it. I want to slow down on it. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Born of God. Mm. He says, he says, he gave them the opportunity to become children of God. Now, what more would God want for his children than for them to be receiveth of his glory? <laughs> so... He would want you to not just be receivers of his glory, to experience his glory, to live in his glory. Now, God, thank you, Jesus. But see, now y'all, y'all, y'all sitting here thinking, oh, you know, we're free from our sins, we ain't got nothing else, and you know, 
oh this and all that but see you you're not understanding that you are the disciples of Christ you're not understanding that you need to go forth and, and spread the word you are an extended disciple of that of Jesus You are extended disciple. All right, my brothers and sisters, uh, that notification was letting me know that we're at the moment in the show where it's time to bring forth the spiritual food for thought and. Uh, the spiritual food for thought for this week is the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Once again, spiritual food for thought for this week. The word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who came from the father. Full of grace. And truth. My brothers and sisters. All throughout this message. I've been talking about. Embracing of the gift. I've been talking about assignments. And I reference Moses. I reference Jesus. And there's others I could reference. But I give to you. I give to you these two because the significance. Moses, Moses hesitated. Because who am I to go before Pharaoh and ask for the release of that of my people? But see, it got to the point where Moses, Moses walked in such faithfulness. He walked in such so much glory because on his face, his face, his whole demeanor and everything about Moses changed. From being before God. So when Moses walked, when Moses came, people moved out the way. Oh Moses, here go Moses, here come Moses, here come Moses. People flocked into him, people listened to him. Because they knew that he heard straight from God. They knew that he be before God. Directly. He had seen God. God developed Moses into a man. Not just to be feared, reverenced, you know, to be, to be. Attentive to, to be aware of, 
to receive accreditation. But he blessed Moses to be a man of gratefulness. A man that started a movement. That led the people of God out of Egypt. And then we have Jesus. The son of a carpenter, as they would say. They also would tease that, oh, nothing good ever came out of that place and this and that and so and so and so. My brothers and my sisters. You are being called for great. You're being called for greatness. But you don't see it as that. I'm not going to sit and try to make it seem like you're not going to have any issues. You're not going to have no problems. and There's not going to be no hardships and... You know, troubles are not going to come your way. And, you know, you're not going to fight no battles that are going to be hard. I'm not going to say all that. I'm not going to even come to you and present it to you that way. Because I've, I've been in a lot of battles. I got some scars on me. I truly have some battle scars. But I have made it through those battles. And truthfully, it has been because of that of my Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. If it had not been for the God that I serve, I could not be sitting here right now. Bringing before you, presenting unto you anything. Because I've been in situations where I didn't know what was going to happen in the next second. I've been in situations I didn't know whether my life was going to continue. I've been in situations where I didn't know where I was going to live, where I was going to sleep, what I was going to eat, how I'm going to get around, how I'm going to feed my family, what my family going to be like if this ain't together, if we ain't together, doing all kind of things went through my mind. I faced one of the things that I truly did not ever want to face. Two things I faced that 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 dwelled upon me heavily, that almost taunted me in that of my life. And that was divorce and homelessness. Those were one of the, those were just a few of the things. That I faced in my lifetime. That that I feared. And hoped and prayed that it would not happen to me. But yet 
I went through it. And even though it happened to me, I made it through. <laughs> My God. And now I am reaping the harvest of all that that I sowed during those moments of pain, torment and torture, suffering and depression. I am reaping the harvest of all those times where I sat and cried out before God. I am reaping the harvest, brothers and sisters. Now, in reaping the harvest, that doesn't mean that I'm still not going through some things. That doesn't mean that I'm still not having some problems take place. That doesn't mean that troubles are still not upon me and challenges before me. It just simply means that in all that I've gone through and all that I've had to put up with and all that I've lost, God is beginning to restore. He has begun to restore. You feel what I'm saying? There's a restoration coming in my life. And the things that were lost, the things that were taken, are being replaced. And they're being replaced with abundance. They're being replaced with there being a difference in a structure to where they cannot be removed ever again. Hear me what I'm saying. And although I still may have some problems, although there may be some troubles coming my way, and although I may be challenged with some things daily to daily to daily, and life issues are swirling around, circumstances form themselves together in situations before me at a blink of an instant, although all this may be going on, and to put the icing and the candle on the cake, I still got the devil lurking around, scheming, trying to figure out how he can get me so that he can devour me. But brothers and sisters, <laughs> I'm living the blissful life. You feel me? I'm living the blissful life. And although it may not look that way, whether you're looking in or as me looking out actually living it but I know that I'm living a blissful life and I have taken the time to seek out my gift and I have taken the time to learn and embrace and allow myself to flow in it I know my strength I know the power of my gift I know what propels my gift so at the sound of my voice brothers and sisters take the time Seek out. Ask. Knock. And not only would you find, not only would it be given unto you, but the doors will open wide. 
and with abundantness you shall be able to embrace as you learn and grow and you will be able to insert yourselves as you need to assert yourself in that of your assignment through your gift. Hear me what I say. Know what I say to be true. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Blessed be Father God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Some or all parts of this week's message is quoted from John 1, 1 through 18 in the NIV. Once again, some or all parts are quoted from John 1, 1 through 18 in NIV. My brothers and sisters, as I get ready to close out this message, uh, I not only want to just thank you, as I know I always do, thank you for your time that you you give and you allow, you have set aside to be receivers of these messages. And whether or not you have the time set aside to be, <clears throat> to listen, you know, to receive the whole message or whether you do it in, in time spurts, I still thank you for listening because there's so many there's 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 in the thousands of spiritual podcasts out there that bring forth the word of god in some type of form one way or another and there's different types of encouragement there's a lot of people bringing forth the word of god in that of encouragement and I know that you can choose anyone other than this channel. So I thank you for your blessedness of the time that you've given to be receiveth of this podcast and to listen every week. I also thank you for any times and opportunities that you have taken the moment to share. I thank you, truthfully. In this day and age, there's so much going on and there's even competition. There's competition now. This competition, even in this sphere here, even in, even in that of the word of God, even in that who bring forth the word of God, this competition. And I'm not trying to compete against nobody. Because I know that you're going to go where the word of God is being brought forth. The truthfulness of the word of God. And as long as I'm able to give you straight from that, not ad-libbed, not watered down, not changed. I know that you will come to be fed. And as long as I know that I can speak what God lays on my heart to speak. You will come that you can perceive, receive, and you will walk your life out accordingly. I know this to be so in Jesus' name. And it's not to be boastful. Not to be all ego and, you know, think that I got it going on. But no, I just know. That if you truly want the word of God. 
If you truly want to know, if you truly want to receive that your life can be the image of that what God has created you to be. You are in the right place. Amen. Amen. So, thank you very much for your time once again. Um, I thank you for liking, sharing. I also thank you for subscribing, you know, you know, uh, following, so that you can receive the uh, <clears throat> notifications of there being new episodes coming forth. There's a lot of things that are in the works. I know I've mentioned stuff in the past that I'm working on, things that I'm, I'm doing. and um, It's coming. It's coming. It's, 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 it's taking time because, I'm, unfortunately, I'm the only one that's doing it. And so, you know, it takes time. And I have other things that uh, have been laid on my heart to do. So as it is given unto me, as the doors are open, I shall move forth, and that which is needing to be done shall be done. Um, and that's with every assignment, with every vision that God has given unto me to do. So with this vision, with this podcast, I am very thankful for those who are taking the opportunity to receive it. And those who keep coming back to listen, thank you. And I just ask that you continue to do so. And that as you do, that you, you know, you have the ability to like it, you have the ability to share it, you have the ability to uh, follow me, then do do that. I really, truly appreciate that. And till the next time we come together for encouragement fellowship, my brothers and sisters, may the remainder of your day be joyous and blessful, as well as the continuance of this week be more the same in that of the Lord. And when we come together again for this encouraging fellowship, may the blessedness of that of God in the gift that he has bestowed upon you, may it flourish. May it flourish in prosperity and fruitfulness in your life and in the lives of those that you will touch. Amen. I love you, men and women of God. God bless you all.